for downloading the Kingdom Ministries podcast. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can learn more about our ministry of equipping followers of Jesus to use the resources God has given them at kingdomtools.org. Instead of, here's what we normally do. Oh, Jesus, please help, uh, you know, Cheryl, uh, you know, in her devotional time. Lord, we know you want to do this. Please help her with this. Instead of asking, like, okay, why is this going? Jesus, will you reveal the truth about what's going on? That You know, your Holy Spirit, you promised, would lead us into all truth. So would you lead her in the truth about this, about what's going on, so we know what to do? Prayer is one of those fundamental pieces of the Christian walk that can easily become confusing. It is no wonder that the followers of Jesus asked him specifically to teach them how to pray. In this Prayer 101 series, Keith Martins teaches a local Fresno church how to pray as Jesus did, so that they can see the same fruit that we read about in the New Testament. In part six of this series, Keith shares one example of how we get into bondage and demonstrates how using the authority of Christ in prayer can expose that bondage and lead us into freedom. What it means to to get into bondage, how people get there. A lot of us don't know some of the things we've done or do now that can actually bring about bondage. And then how to get out of bondage, that's the most important part. Uh, In roads to captivity and the path of freedom. And then leading others to freedom, healing, and restoration by relying on the Holy Spirit as the counselor. And then uh, the third part of that is how to function now more as a team. We just noticed a, a, a significant difference when the body of Christ is involved. People with other gifts, people to share the load, um, an accountability, and really ideally that's built in here to the DNA of this church, particularly with the small groups, to, to function like that where we can care for each other, not where it takes away from your study of the word or your worship or your fellowship and your fun on that night, but in the context of that small group where there, there's times where you, you get away and you have special times of ministry and you're equipped to do that, where you bring freedom and breakthrough to people. I, just right there, it's in that very context, and Lord, thank you for bringing that to mind, that there was a Mennonite pastor's wife. In fact, this guy and I went to seminary together, and we kind of went out and tried these things. He was part of this, you know, little experiment, Kingdom of God, we're praying for the sick and all that. And Man, we were so lame. It was, oh, it's just ridiculous to look back now. How embarrassing. But we didn't know what we were doing. And, but I think the fact that we were out there, I think that's faith itself. So his wife came one time. We were part of a small group. We worshiped and, you know, we were just waiting on the Lord and seeking Jesus more. And, and uh, one day she, she came and said, hey, you know, I was wondering if I could get some prayer. And um, I just really been impressed to press into the Lord and spend more time with Jesus and getting his word. And I, so I, I got up and I disciplined myself. I started doing that every morning. And said, it's been so frustrating. I just want to quit. And like she comes from like Mennonite, Mennonite family, right? Like the, the quilting and from Kansas, like that's the Mecca, okay? So Kansas and all that. And so, you know, the, you know all that kind of thing. You know, the soup, the Swedbach, the borscht, all that stuff. So man, you know, I mean, this is like hardcore. So she, she comes out and as she asks for this prayer, she goes, I feel like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling and I just want to give up. It's just frustrating. I'm not getting anything out of it. I go, okay. So here, just give an example of what I mean by this prayer kind of thing. And so we said, okay, well, let's pray. So John and I are praying for her, and we go, Lord Jesus, um, we just ask you to show her the root of this. Why is this that she's experiencing? Because, and we always try to, you know, the Word of God says, you know, that all these things about spending time with God, 
look steadily into his laws, truth, all these kind of things. Now, so he said, Lord, will you show her if there's anything going on here? Like, why is this happening? Why is it frustrating? Instead of, here's what we normally do. Oh, Jesus, please help, uh, you know, Cheryl, uh, you know, in her devotional time. Lord, we know you want to do this. Please help her with this. Instead of asking, like, okay, why is this going on? Jesus, will you reveal the truth about what's going on? That, you know, your Holy Spirit, you promised, would lead us into all truth. So would you lead her into the truth about this, about what's going on, so we know what to do? You know, and, and, and then we use the authority. Now, if there's something spiritual going on here, then we expose it now and command it into the lie. We don't jump around, just kind of in that tone. In the name of Jesus, we expose it, Jesus' name. And then we stop and go, okay, so when we're praying that, are you thinking about anything? See, that's the difference. Oh, Caleb. What is God telling you? Like, if you asked me that today, it would freak me out. Like, I mean, not because I go, oh, I don't know how to answer that. Like, I don't know if it's my thoughts or, you know, I don't know. But I can tell you what I'm thinking. And so we just say, yeah, just tell us what you're thinking. You know, just list off. I mean, it could be, yeah, my foot hurts. I'm hungry. I got to pick up my kid at 930 or whatever it is. Just throw it out there. So she starts, she goes, well, you know, when your prayer is kind of weird. I don't know why I'm thinking about this now. And that's always a good sign. I don't know why I'm thinking about this now. But I remember being back in Kansas, and it was stormy. We were in the basement. I was in junior high, and we were having a slumber party with my girlfriends, and we were just sitting around. We were, oh, the weird, here's the first thing that happened. This is crazy. I'm not telling, you can ask my wife, this really happened. Okay, this sounds a little weird, but she goes, she just, all of a sudden, as we're praying, before we can ask her what's going on, she goes, oh, like that. We started laughing. What was that? She goes, oh, man, I just had the nasty taste of nachos in my mouth. Go, What? So we started laughing. We go, would you have that for dinner? No, lunch? No, like, no, I haven't had nachos in like forever. I go, okay. What's the Bible say? Test everything. Sometimes you're kind of going, okay, Lord, we test these nachos? No. But I, I just, it's more like this. Well, Lord, what was that? Is that anything? Does that mean anything? In Jesus' name, Lord, would you sure expose it? Then she had the memory of her in the basement having the slumber party, playing with the Ouija board, and they were all eating nachos. Now, what was that? Well, we've come to find out it was actual someone, because she was very doubtful, skeptical. Hey, she's Mennonite, man. All right. So, so she's skeptical and she's going on. And we found in these situations that God will use an actual body memory. This is not like some weird spiritual thing. There are studies in the 50s, Pinfield and Rasmussen is one where experimenting with the brain, touching parts of it. And the guy could feel the heat from the candles on his birthday candles at five years old. I mean, it's just how our brain works. It stores the stuff. So God used that to make it real. Like she had this recollection, this taste, the recollection of the memory. And then she goes, well, we weren't doing anything wrong. We're just a game. We're just goofing around. You want to see who liked who. She didn't associate with anything spiritual. And so what you do is you don't try to convince, oh, you know, that's of the devil. I mean, which I wouldn't say anyway. But um, I said, well, just say, you know, if there was something wrong, you know, would you be willing to, yeah, Lord, if there was something wrong, please forgive me. And then here was the key. I renounce or I reject or separate from anything spiritual that may have taken advantage of me at that time that's affecting me now. In Jesus' name, I, I reject it. So, Lord, would you cleanse me? And we said, yes, amen, be gone if there's anything there. And before we got done, she goes, it's gone. I go, what's gone? Well, that feeling, that taste. You know, we didn't say, ooh, the boogeyman left, or I saw this thing floating. You know, I mean, I'd be making that up, but... But I said, but here's the important part. Like, that's all cool. But now because we're in a relationship in a small group and we meet together regularly, it's not like, oh, hey, I, I came up to the Coke machine. I put my quarter and I got my soda. Thank you very much. I'll see you later. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you know, I think God is calling us to that kind of community. And 
to be together. And so because we're in relationship, they come the next week. And, and so, you know, what's happening, Cheryl? How's it going? She goes, oh, I cannot believe that was totally it, man. I've had an awesome week, you know, with God connecting, getting a lot of us. I just cannot get over that that had something to do with this. I go, maybe, you know, I don't know how it works, but I theorize. And I think, well, you know, now you're getting serious about your relationship with the Lord. And it's about the only thing the enemy had on you maybe one time. I don't know. Maybe something there. I don't know how it works. It's like, let's just get people free. Let's try to figure it out. Let's not decide, okay, should we throw in the life preserver? Should we send someone in? Should we get a boat? Should we call the Coast Guard? Let's just get them out of the water. Okay, let's just, you know, get them to shore, whatever. And so we're trying to do that by looking at the scriptures. And uh, so that's what we're talking about in in the context of a small group. That's ideal. Our purpose in this whole thing is we want to recover Jesus' vision for the kingdom of God. These are three keys to the kingdom that we want to learn to use as a regular part of our living, not just in prayer, but as part of our lives. Uh, You know, whether we're ministering to someone, whether we're at work praying, whether we're doing this thing where we minister to someone individually, uh, using God's word, not as um, memorizing, that's a good thing, but now more like Jesus did in the desert, where he's now saying, look, this is how things are said. Have you ever thought about that passage? Have you ever thought, this, is there any sin in eating food or wanting to eat food? God, I hope not. I mean, some of us be in trouble, right? I mean, it's like serious. It's like... So why is that a temptation? Why would that? That's kind of weird. Have you thought about that? Devil comes along, tempts Jesus, maybe getting Jesus' thing. And you know, there's no indication that there's a little snake there that, I mean, why would the devil make himself known? His only advantage was to be invisible, right? And so there's no indication that he's physically present. I mean, in terms of being able to see him. What if Jesus is just hungry and he's, Kind of sorting through this thing. You know, I'm theorizing here. Don't say I'm saying this is how it is. I mean, you know, you can do your thing. <laughs> but, but let's just say he's out there and he's hungry. He's starving after 40 days, right? And he hasn't eaten. And so he's looking at the stones. Maybe it's shaped like mama's bread. And he's kind of like smelling it. He's getting the mirage thing going. He's, because, yeah, I could do that, man. You know, I could, boom. Ah, man, some of that bread would be awesome right now. You know, his body's craving. It's now starting after 40 days, starts feeding on the muscle. All the fat reserves are gone. He's dying, literally. He's in the process of dying. And so it's not unusual. I mean, guys got to eat, right? Why does he then just say, well, man does not live by bread alone, but upon every word that comes from the mouth of God. What was the word that came from the mouth of God in regard to that situation? What was he there to do? To fast, right? 40 days, 40 that was the plan. That's what the father told him. He's going to be tested in that time by the devil. He's going to be tested. And it's so weird because we think, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a time you just have to go through that testing with the devil. But do you realize that if you look at that passage again more carefully, Jesus rejected the devil each time he came at him. Okay, it was hard enough being there to do the fasting thing, to be alone, as it says, with the wild beasts. And notice, what look, there's a passage you need to look carefully at because it tells us how to use the sword of the Spirit, not just by memory. He's not like saying some magical words, oh, the Bible, believe me, you can quote the Bible a lot. The devil can quote the Bible, as you see in this passage. Not only that, put, try this one on. In the presence of Jesus. Where do we get the two can't be together in one place? Really? Satan goes up to heaven twice. 
in God's presence, in the presence of God, about Job. I mean, really? Where do we get this light and dark? If we're honest with ourselves, we know we got light and dark going on all the time. And so there's a lot of myths, I think, that we believe when it comes to this area. And so now we see Jesus taking the word of God and authoritatively No, this is how things are. This is reality. I'm going to live by the word of God that comes from God's mouth. I'm starving. I want to eat. And the ultimate was in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't want this. Take this, please. Is there another way? Is there another plan? Is there a plan B? This is harder than I thought. Whatever. He's, why does he need to get his disciples to pray for him? Really? He's Jesus. He's the son of God. Why does he... A little frustrated they're not staying awake. Why does he need their prayers? But when he says, what, not my will, but your will be done, what happened? Things get better? No, things got worse. But what is the difference? Said as an angel came and strengthened him so that he could continue to do what God called him to do. And now he's using God's word as a weapon instead of quoting it hoping something will happen. No, this is authoritative. This is from the King of Kings and Lord. This is exactly what he wants. It doesn't look like that right now, but this is what he says. And so we say that will be so. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Ministries podcast. Tune in to our next episode for the continuation of this series. And for more content, please visit us on the web at kingdomtools.org.